0: This is Matt Peters. This is Lex Lutz. And you're listening to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. Oh, crap. Are we supposed to do that at the same time? No. Okay. <laughs> Start the show. <laughs> Man, that's so cool. That's so cool. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk. Let's Let's chat about some things. Folks, thank you for tuning in. This is Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. We're here to bring you some good news today. I think. Let me look at the notes. Yeah, it's mostly good. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna let you guys in on some things that we've been talking about in between last episode and now. First off, before we go any further, I want to apologize to you guys. We were off last week. We had some technical difficulties, but it seems like we've got that all sorted out now. Knock on wood, or whatever we're recording on. Uh, I'm gonna go with this uh, composite board over here on my bookshelf. <laughs> And, uh yeah, so we, we had a lot of things we wanted to talk about, and I think I jinxed yeah. this last time because I, I told Lex, I'm like, hey, I'm really excited to talk to you. We've got so much fun stuff to discuss, mm-hmm. and then nothing.
1: And then my computer decided to not work. <laughs> we seem to have fixed it with a – I bought a little converter thing to hopefully solve the issue. Knock on wood. yes so far so good
0: okay i like that this is further
1: than we got last
0: very true
1: (laughs) (laughs) we didn't even have a half an episode a quarter of an episode it was very frustrating right
0: we had like a little fraction which went up on patreon so yeah thank you patrons and enjoy what little bit we shared over there which is exclusive just to you no one else is going to get that so Mm -hmm. yay uh (laughs) (laughs) so okay what what interests you what do you want to hit first
1: um, okay so i I do kind of want to talk about turning red in the sense that I feel like it's a really big like pop culture moment, yes, for this film, it mm-hmm. seems to be doing really well, but I haven't seen it yet, so have you seen it? Is
0: it? I have seen it, and uh it is it's up there with one of the best Pixar movies, I think,
1: yeah, yeah, Kayla was saying the same thing she watched it the other day,
0: yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, of course, well, we'll get into the discourse a little bit later. But mostly, I just want to shower praise on this film because it's another one of those Pixar films where it's like, yeah, we're going to be talking about this one for years. The cast is amazing. Um, the story, it, it just tugs at your heartstrings. I mean, from the jump, I knew. Like, I'm going to start getting watery-eyed at any moment here. So yeah. the the film is supposed to represent, like, kind of an analogy for uh, coming of age, for puberty, that sort of thing, uh, in, in the life of a uh, Chinese-Canadian family. And it takes place in Toronto. And imaginary Toronto is one of my favorite places because, you know, it's the same locale as Scott Pilgrim, which is one of my other favorite oh. stories. So.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Caleb was saying it takes place in the, and I've I, you sent me an article. I think you sent
0: it to D, but mm. it takes place in the early two thousands as well. Yeah, which is an interesting thought. I mean, it's funny because like, if this came out in the nineties, <laughs> if it was a nineties animated film, it would have taken place in the seventies. So yeah, you could see them doing a period oh. piece at that point. But now it's like. Oh, that seems like that just happened yesterday. Why did they decide to go back there? But it made sense when you, you know, when you watch it under that. Uh, under I that also scope. think
1: without even like knowing the context, it makes sense to me because the people who were that age are now the parents taking their kids.
0: Yeah, that is true. So. But you know what? I mean, it's just such a great um, tactic for uh, writers, creators in general, to do something in in that period because now. We have access to so many uh, devices that, you know, we have Internet. You can just have a phone at your disposal at all times, call somebody, GPS, all that stuff. So a lot of the story beats that happen in those older coming of age stories like your Goonies and stuff like that, it would have taken like a half hour to figure out because everything would have been in the palm of their hand and it wouldn't have been as fun. So, yeah, I think it was a good choice for that to happen uh, in 2002.
1: Yeah, yeah, I... I, I want to see it. I just haven't gotten around to it, um, like most things, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but I'm glad that it's getting such a great response. Um, yeah, I know people are being weird. They're For the most
0: part, are. it is getting a great response. But there was a uh, a review on some website, just some random dude who thought he was bigger than everything uh, over at Cinema Blend. Uh, the the managing director of the site, Sean O'Connell, wrote a review saying that the film's appeal was limited because it's set in the Asian community of Toronto. <laughs> like, uh, dude. Okay. <laughs> if a story is well written, it doesn't matter <laughs> what community it's in; it pulls dude, you in.
1: I have a Okay, this is a serious question that I I pose to listeners as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a male thing, if this is a white male thing. I, I don't know, and I'm genuinely curious. Is it like impossible to see yourself in others? Because I've never had the problems that apparently a lot of these dudes have with a character not looking exactly like me.
0: No, you're exactly like you've right.
1: noticed that, right? Like how yeah. it's 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 you know it it's happening with Star Wars. Like it's happened with so many franchises. Everything. It's like if it doesn't if they don't look exactly like me, it's not believable. I can't get into it. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah,
0: I mean this it's just such a closed minded way of of living your life because you've had to deal with, you know, male focused shit your entire life. I've had to deal with, you know, white white yeah. focused shit my entire life. So it's like, yeah, if we can look at that and say, okay, this is a good story, it's engaging, I really want to see what Michael Douglas to, to, does to get out of this pinch, why is Sean Penn yeah. treating him like shit? Um, <laughs> guess the movie, listeners, let us know what it is.
1: It's, no, I'm not
0: going to say it. <laughs> It's not falling down. Oh, that's the only clue I'll give you. Sean Penn, Michael Douglas, what is it? Anyway, yeah, I mean, if we can put ourselves in their shoes all these years, at least they can do is follow Maymay as she, like, goes around this beautifully illustrated version of Toronto, turns into a giant red panda, and, and has to deal with, like, you know, puberty and shit. It was a great movie, and her friend group, oh, my God. Like, she has In, a, a circle of, of friends, and, and and they just love her so much, and it's just so great to see how imagine they Imagine
1: thinking, like, you see a movie, at, or you see, like... <laughs> imagine an entire race like seeing an entire race and going like that's being repre- they're being represented in a movie that's too niche right <laughs> you're like <laughs> what even if you even if you you scale it a little bit smaller and you go this movie is representing um asian canadians that's still a lot of fucking people mm-hmm. like it, it, like that's not niche that's a lot of people.
0: Right. You know, not everything is going to resonate you on the same level as it does someone else, but it doesn't have to resonate like that to resonate with you. It's a story about a mom and a daughter and their relationship in a lot of ways, and I'm not going to spoil any of it for anybody because you should absolutely watch this film. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different story beats in here that anybody can relate to. Uh, you know, like, we've all turned into a giant red panda at one point in our lives. It's it yeah. just, it, it's what it is. Facts. You know? I do it once a month. Exactly. Yep. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But
1: like, I, I just, I don't get it. You know, I, I can watch a film like Black Panther, and it has great storytelling, and it is undeniably, like, black, like, creation, world building, like, everything... And I'm like, I'm not disconnected from it at all. Right. I'm just like in awe of this world that is created here. Like, yeah. I don't understand this, like, you know, th- people do the same thing with that movie or Star. The one that always gets me is Star Wars, though, because they're like, why are they having all this diversity in space? And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? They're in outer space, dude. Yeah. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's cool to have a, a giant you know furry man walking around next to han solo but lord forbid a black man comes in and actually does some stuff that's that's sacrilege oh no hey is that stormtrooper a tall woman what the <laughs> fuck that's not cool get her out of here <laughs> so you know that there's all that i uh,
1: <laughs> it's just weird man Especially you know it's even weirder when it's a kid's movie, when it's specifically a kid's movie like this. I'm exactly. like, you guys need to shut the fuck up. Like, it really okay, shows. yeah, you've got opinions on Star Wars and, like, Marvel movies and whatnot, blockbusters. Yeah. You need to
0: stop with the little kid's movies, you fucking weirdos. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Let the kids drive every now and then. It's it's so telling, too, how little faith they have in the children that they've raised for the, you know, for the majority right. of, of their journey to say, well, I wanted to take my son to see this film. And, you know, we couldn't really relate the way that I wanted to when I went with my dad because I look up there and the, the characters don't look like him. Give your kids some credit to understand yeah. that everybody doesn't have to look exactly like him to be a hero or just a character yeah. in general. It, it doesn't matter. Said yeah,
1: and you'd be shocked at how often they will see themselves in characters who look nothing like them because they're children and they're not caught up in crap like that. Right. They just see stories and emotions and other people or even other creatures that they like if you know, you're know, you talking about a red panda, like when she turns into a red panda, they still relate to that because we have given them human emotions and everything like. So, you know. Like you said, give them credit.
0: Jesus. Right. right. You yeah. know? I almost turned off Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was a kid because I <laughs> didn't see myself on that screen at all. And I was just well, like... Well, I
1: actually did do that. You know? <laughs> I was like, I am not... You know what? There's one girl in this and it's April O'Neil. I don't look like her. Click. <laughs> done. Who was... Not who not a, a girl Ninja Turtle.
0: No. Huh? huh? I was saying, who was April O'Neil's buddy? Who was her friend? She had a a real mousy friend.
1: I don't know. I I would be like, I would be like the, what would my Ninja Turtle, like Lady Ninja Turtle, what would, I, I guess Nunchucks. I guess I'd use Nunchucks or something. I don't know.
0: Everybody wants the Nunchucks. Those were fun. They looked like a lot of fun to spin around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I'd hurt myself, but it'd be worth it.
0: Oh, her nerdy friend's name was Irma. She was, oh man. Yeah.
1: That is a unfortunate name, but yeah. <laughs> you know, shit happens, Irma.
0: I wonder if anybody ever got that on the playground. Like you've got to be Irma. We're the Ninja Turtles, and mm-hmm. you know, she's April, but you got to be Irma cause there's only one other girl, like All right. yeah.
1: you're giving me you're giving me flashbacks,
0: right, right? <laughs> so I'm
1: glad things like that. I, I hope they overall have improved. I bet they have. Yeah. I bet they've improved.
0: I think so. And I encourage parents to continue to raise your kids with common sense, you know, instill that knowledge in them and let them be inclusive. Let them understand.
1: Yeah. Parents. I encourage you to raise your kids
0: <laughs> point blank period. That's, I do. That's it. I yeah. really do. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there are a couple other movie announcements. Um, Spider-Man no way home was released early digitally. Yeah. You've seen it. I still haven't because I am waiting to watch it with Kayla. Oh. Um, Probably tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um, and then The Batman yes. is going to be on HBO Max April 19th,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which
1: is very exciting. I can't wait to watch that movie.
0: It's very soon, too. I didn't think it would be that fast. Spider-Man took um, like four months.
1: Yeah, well, that's the uh, the... How do I say this respectfully? Arrogance of
0: Marvel. <laughs> That's the Marvel way. DC
1: has been more lenient with that of like this HBO Max thing is working for us. Let's keep doing this shit. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah.
1: Warner Brothers and DC.
0: I'm glad it has. I fully support HBO Max. Like I had my concerns at first, but. Yeah. I love it. Everything they've done has been like top notch, you know? Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, the pandemic movie releases. I know that they lost money on those and they had to fight tooth and nail to get them, but I was glad to have it because I saw some stuff I never would have wanted to go see. Yeah, you know? same. So
1: and I, you know, I'm still kind of reluctant to go to the movie theater. And um, the Batman being as long as it is sounds both difficult to sit through, you know, being mm-hmm. realistic, and it sounds. it sounds like it'd be hard to carve out that time to go to the movie because you know, you're going to add another like fucking half hour on for getting there, getting your seat, watching all of the previews, everything like that. Like it's, it's just like, it's going to be like, three and a half hours that's a lot
0: yeah we we rethink a lot of things now you know after everything that's gone down like shit okay yes i do have to go here but there's the travel time there's the settling there's the home yeah
1: and i will say right now in my life i have access to like a really nice like big screen tv you know, where I can have like a home theater type experience. Mm-hmm. If I did not have that, I would be way more likely to be like, I got to go see the Batman on the big screen. I got to go see Spider-Man on the big screen. You
0: know? Yeah.
1: Uh, that changes things too.
0: So what's going to do it for you? What's going to bring you back? What what will you have to see on the big screen?
1: Mm, Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> what if I was like, oh, that's it. You that's need it. to
0: see that. That Morbius. That's calling In my name list yes
1: um that man was going to be the one like and i just haven't gotten around to it because it takes up so much time and everything like that and it's expensive and you know um but you know i'll spend the money on a movie like that because it's a thing that i love um yeah i don't think you're gonna like this answer that right. go ahead Let's but see. The thing that might bring me back is we've talked about how I have like birthday movie, right? Sure. Every year I pick a movie in theaters that's close to my birthday. That's my birthday movie. I'm gonna see it as like a little birthday treat to myself, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't even have to go with anyone. Like I just that's just something I like to do.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. I love that. Actually, this,
1: this yeah. year birthday movie ends up being close to it is Elvis.
0: Oh.
1: Baz Luhrmann, Elvis biopic. Okay. And that might be the one. That might be the one that, that brings me out of retirement, you know? Okay, okay. Um, I've been a... Baz Luhrmann is like hit or miss for me sometimes. Um, But this... I, God damn, like... I, we never talked about it on the show because I know you didn't really care. But <laughs> I... I was a huge Elvis fan as a kid. Like I would, you know, I've read books and like I would listen to his music. I watched all of his movies. Uh, Not all of them. There's a lot of them that are crap, but I watched the good ones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I just recently watched a documentary on HBO. There's a really good documentary on Elvis for anyone who actually cares, which I feel like is no one. It's just me. I'm just like an old lady trapped in a younger woman's body. Um, but yeah, I just, this one looks like they're going to, like, there have been a lot of biographies and a lot of, like, adaptations and stuff like that, and they've been good for various reasons, but the, the I think the reason this one's going to be really good is because it's going to delve into, because Tom Hanks is playing Colonel Parker, mm-hmm. like, it's going to delve into that relationship, which was, like, both what made and broke Elvis.
0: So, I have to tell you something. Yeah. And you're not going to like this. You're going to love it. I used to be an Elvis fan, too, growing up.
1: I am so happy to hear this. <laughs> I I thought you hated Elvis, dude. I thought you hated Elvis.
0: I don't hate Elvis. I acknowledge that a lot of what he did came from certain sources. But I think just the whole... I he was he was a trailblazer in as much as like he was persistent in his brand yes he did a lot of things that people have emulated from then until now and it it's amazing the type of staying power that his memory has you know
1: yeah and i will say that speaking of like him you know the the accusations of him stealing you know from let like, I, I think that that should be addressed. Okay. Um, A stealing from, you know, art, like artists of color in that mm-hmm. time. It's Elvis acknowledged that he said, he said that this existed before me. He, he, they were like, Oh, you're the king of rock and roll. He's like, rock and roll was just rhythm and blues. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's all what, like he has said that he has had false, Um, racist uh, comments attributed to him. Like, there's no proof that that... There's one comment that's out there that, you know, is awful, but, uh, like, literally everyone has been like, uh, there's no, like, proof that he said it, and they're like, that doesn't even sound like him kind of thing. Okay. And he's been given a lot of credit for, like, opening that music up to a larger audience. I do think that, like, he was he was a singer. He didn't write his own music. Like, he was always going to be kind of stealing in that way. Like, if, you know, during that era and everything like that. And I, I think we can acknowledge, like, that was really shitty
0: mm-hmm.
1: and terrible and a, like, common thing of that era while also going, a lot of people have given him credit for being incredibly talented and like musically gifted and everything like that. And so I think it's like, I I really don't believe in like putting people up on a pedestal in that way and like not acknowledging the fucked up shit that they did. But I do like that he, you know, especially I watched that documentary, it's called the searcher Mm -hmm. and they were talking about how he was constantly upset by like, you know, racial issues that he saw and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I didn't actually even know that about him. I was like shocked by that. I'm like, it kind of sucks that he died when he did, because I wonder if he could have actually been like a more vocal person for change, Mm -hmm. but he died in the, you know, early seventies when it's like the, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, he had a, he had a very specific way about him, you know? And before I even go any further with this, it's like, okay. Okay my my personal mindset about people who were famous you know way back when in the 50s 60s that sort of thing they probably said the n-word a few times it's just the way it is you know it's like it was the style at the time i you kind i would
1: argue people probably even the fucking 90s were saying it like i i don't understand what's wrong with people like they It's such a casual thing that I'm like, I don't, I don't understand it.
0: Right. So it's always like, like you just said, you don't want to put people on a pedestal wholeheartedly agree. No, because yeah, they're going to let you down because the way people act in public, isn't the way that they always act behind closed doors. You hope for the best. You hope that, you know, they live up to at least a fraction of the reputation that they have. Sometimes they let you down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they surprise you. You know, when we talk about Dolly Parton, Thankfully, it's always a pleasant surprise, you know, because it's like, man, how how much better can this person get? You don't hear anything bad about them. But you're right. There was a lot of unfair uh, things attributed to Elvis. There's some things he owned up to. There were some hampshire. I was going to say, there are some
1: things that are fair accusations, too, that are that are like fair criticisms that I'm like, I am not gonna defend that, you know.
0: But again, someone who was a celebrity back in the 50s and 60s, there's a lot of criticism you can put on them in general, you know, whether it be Lucille Ball or Marilyn Monroe, anybody (laughs) of that era. You can basically say, yeah, you did some fucked up stuff, but it was the style at the time. Not excusing it. Putting it in context. That's yeah,
1: all. yeah, yeah, I so, agree. So, are are you looking forward to seeing this, or are you just kind of like, eh, I don't care?
0: You I'm know, kinda, I'm kind of in the I don't care camp, but that's, not a not fair. like, oh, I need to, you know, <laughs> tell everybody not to watch this. And it's more, it's less because of the Elvis thing, and more because of the Bos Lerman thing. Because oh, I'm,
1: that's totally fair.
0: I'm with you. It's totally hit or miss with him. Like, yeah, um... he has tried. A few different things over the years that, that have, like, thrilled me. And then okay. he's done some things that have just let me fucking down. Like, okay, I know Moulin Rouge is a polarizing film. I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. Romeo and Juliet, though, very special to me. It yes. was It was groundbreaking the way that he presented that. Well, um, that's
1: the one thing you can never deny about him. Mm-hmm. Any film that he makes is a Baz Luhrmann film. How That's many directors true. can you say that about? There are, there are plenty of directors that you have, you know, there's only a handful of others that you're like, you can pick them out. And you go, I know this is a Baz Luhrmann film. I yeah. know this is a Quentin Tarantino film. Like, like, it's very rare to have that much style.
0: Right. Um, and
1: But sometimes I don't like the way the style falls.
0: Yeah. Let's, all right. So then let's, let's finish the list then. Gatsby. I thought that looked like an expensive waste of money, which is ironic because I... <laughs> that's kind of the theme of the book, too. But, you know, I mean,
1: that's kind of perfect. I yes. never saw it. Not okay. I need to see it. Um, I just really don't like that book. Mm-hmm. And I have had many a discussions about this. People think I'm crazy for not liking it. I'm like, it's just a it's it's just rich people who get on my nerves and he's <laughs> obsessed with this crazy woman. And they're all assholes and they're all terrible people. And I'm like, OK fuck you
0: i'm done. like i i just yeah. this is this is going to come into play um you know in in context it's going to be in i should say it'll be better in it'll make more sense when people get to hear our episode of uh be your scary best that we just guessed it on but yes. everyone in this movie in in the great gatsby and the book of course it seems like it's the setup for a horror film but the guy never yes. shows up yeah. <laughs> like he just missed his train or whatever.
1: No, that's accurate. Um, I haven't seen Strictly Ballroom.
0: No. but And I
1: haven't seen Australia. I know Australia was supposed to be really long. It's like an epic,
0: isn't it? Yeah, right. it was two, two hours and 45 minutes. But the get down, though, that Netflix series that he co-created, that show like the history of hip hop in the 80s. Oh, yeah. That was the shit. I saw some parts of that. I need to go back to that. It was really good. And I'm almost like every time I saw his He's, name pop up, it's like, wow, I, I forgot he was involved in this. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I think based off of casting alone, like this this new Elvis movie is gonna be good shit.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Um But I, I, I'm I'm glad that I you know what I think for me it might be a movie theater movie, but like if it ends up on, you know, HBO Max or whatever, I don't know what company's distributing it, but if it ends up on a streaming service, like, you know, I feel like it's one you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll watch that if I am like, it's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, like, closing out the Elvis bit, like, when I was growing up, you couldn't help but be a fan of Elvis. Because yeah. there was always somebody pretending to be Elvis on a TV show. There were the constant barrage of Elvis impersonators on, on you know, shows and in Vegas and stuff like that. And just... You know, greatest hits collections were being advertised at all hours of the day. It's like, yeah, yeah. you knew who Elvis was growing up, basically. And they even showed his comeback tour on like public television sometimes. Like this is, yeah, like, this is culture. This is what it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. He he's he's one of those figures. If you even if you don't like him, you kind of can't deny him. Yeah. And that's a that's an interesting, you know, cultural thing. Um. It's funny because it this does kind of move into, like, okay, well, we're talking about, like, 70s stuff and everything. Like, that that new Lakers TV show. Yes,
0: yes. We're talking about stylized
1: mm-hmm. That new Lakers TV show, which I messaged you about not knowing that you had already watched it. Because there are two episodes out as of when I watched them.
0: Yeah.
1: um And we were both kind of like, this is a fun show. This is interesting.
0: I want to hear you talk about it a little bit because, like. Specifically, the, the way that it's presented, the framing yes. sequence of this show is so unique.
1: Oh, I fucking love the way they shoot this show. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. I love when they break the fourth wall. I I love that no other show looks like this. How many, like, once again, we're talking about stylized. How many other things can you say that about? Right. Um. It looks like a, sometimes it looks like a, a, a 1970s Maybe early '80s um, newsreel, like B footage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that sounds cut. Kind of, that might not sound like a good descriptor. Like you might not be like, oh, I want to watch that, but like it is. It's really interesting. The cast is stacked. Like, Absolutely. I, I mean, I was watching it, and all of a sudden, Sally Field was on there. I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is amazing.
0: <laughs> I know
1: Jason Siegel's in it. He hasn't even shown up yet.
0: No, I saw an episode that featured, um, oh, my God, what's his name? Uh, um, 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 Michael Chiklis. I saw Michael Chiklis. So I'm like, what the fuck? Yes. It's in time. Let's go. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while, either. Exactly.
1: Um and the
0: show opens and this
1: isn't this isn't a spoiler because it's the first scene that you see, the first couple scenes that you see, like the beginning of this show opens on I didn't expect it to open on such a strong emotionally visceral moment
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was Magic Johnson going to the clinic to find out that he's HIV positive. Right. And then they go back from there Man. and it goes to the the beginning of Magic's career.
0: So that's King what made Blank. me question. Like, is this a mini series or is this like, you know, an ongoing show?
1: That I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're playing. I mean, the cast is so good they can't keep it up too long, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, let me look it up. Real, you
0: but some, some of these go? actors. Time the name of it. Yeah, some of these actors are brand new. Like the guy that plays yeah. uh, Magic Johnson. I think this is his first acting role, Quincy Isaiah. And he's like, he's, he's great. He's good. He's confident. He's got that swagger. He's got that smile. Everything you want out of Magic Johnson, he's got it. I don't know if he can really play basketball, but, you know, I'm sure he'll pick it up on the way. If not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess this this is based off of a book. Yeah. By, it's Jeff Perlman is the writer. Um, but I thought it said Ron Perlman, and I was like, what?
0: <laughs> what can't he do? <laughs> what did the Lion Man
1: do? Um, Adam Adam McKay is involved with this, that is no surprise to anyone who's seen it. Um, It has that, that uh, Sanchez like productions, like feel to
0: it for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's great. Like the production does look like, you know, it's taken from archival footage, which does it a big favor (laughs) because when they splice in actual archival, archival footage, it doesn't miss a beat. It doesn't take you out of the moment.
1: Yeah, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't, <laughs> you can't tell.
0: It's like, not until you see full frontal nudity. Like, do you, do you understand? Like, oh no, this is, this is happening now. Okay, they well, there's this... that
1: other 70s show that's on now. Um,
0: Minx, with I think it's Minx, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, did you watch that one?
0: I didn't, but they advertise it before each episode. So I think it's a last time on winning time, you know? And it's yeah. like, no, there's there's pornography happening
1: <laughs> oh there are so many dicks in that show
0: yeah i mean so many dicks it's funny mark maron was saying on his podcast too it seems like um the the, the film industry is evening out all the yeah. uh all the the female nudity we've seen over the years with male nudity now like it's just non-stop <laughs> everything yeah they're, they're
1: uh they're trying to make up for it
0: right they're trying to normalize it the other direction now too
1: <laughs> yeah they're just calling this an american sports drama television series we might not know until you know okay. I, I don't know how long they can sustain a show like that i would say like it feels like based off of what we're watching it'll be a good like two season type show you know that, that Maybe makes
0: three. sense yeah that's the truth in the in the old-fashioned hbo way that's yes. fine that's perfectly fine I, i'm along for the ride
1: yeah newsroom this like like don't don't let it go too long. Just you know, kinda end it early.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. John C. Riley doing a great job too. You know, he's <laughs> he's the head, he's the lead, I should say. And uh yeah, he's, he's yeah. kicking ass on here.
1: I mean it's it's really good. And you know, even if you don't care about basketball that much, you can still enjoy the show. It's just a good drama too and comedy at times. So you know Very true. I would say just, just watch it, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm looking but, forward to seeing more. So, yeah, I'm glad that we we both came to that conclusion simultaneously. like what a yeah, time.
1: that was really funny. We were basically watching it at the same time, yeah. not knowing that the other person was watching it and going, "Hey, this show's pretty freaking good." <laughs> um, I've watched two episodes of Minx as well, okay. Um, Because that's what was available. Like both of them had two episodes each. Mm -hmm. Mix is an interesting premise. I don't know where it will go, but I like some of the ideas, and I will keep watching it for the ideas and the cast kind of thing. You know, it definitely doesn't have its footing yet. So I would say if anyone's gonna watch it, which I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. You know, that's your call. Um, I I will warn you: a, it does have a lot of nudity. (laughs) That's part of it. They are making, you know, porno magazine in the 70s. Um, and B, it's still trying to find out what it is, I think. And so sometimes you just got to stick with the show that's doing that and
0: see where it falls. Right on, right on. Um, trying to think of some other interesting shows that I've seen recently. Uh, Servant, of course, is back on Apple (laughs) TV plus. And, uh, yeah, I, my subscription ran out just when the new season was about to start because I, I got, you know, the, the year free when I got my last phone. But then, mm-hmm. then I remembered that the PS5 comes with a, a, a several a multi-month trial as well, and Ooh, you can shit. actually cash that in, and uh, they'll put it on your they put it on your regular Apple account without any type of you know mess or anything like that. Yeah, if there's one thing I hate about YouTube, well, there's plenty of things I hate about it, but it's like they dangle that carrot in front of you, like ah, do you want to try premium? And it's like you click the button, it's like ah, you sucker, you've already tried premium, pay us eleven dollars. It's like yo. Yeah. No. That's not how this is supposed to go. I don't even remember trying that. That was yeah, years ago. just
1: let me try it again. Just, just, just let me try it again. Well, I you might buy it. Oh, you yeah. don't
0: know huh? You never know. No, but Apple was cool and gave us a few months of, of Apple TV Plus. So um, I'm catching up on Servant, which is still very weird in an M Night Shyamalan type of way. I hope it sticks the landing, which I know he has a habit not to do. But he's had a lot of time to think about how he's going to end this show, so hopefully it pays off.
1: Is are they ending it?
0: Uh, no, not yet. But I'm saying oh, it okay. does, because it's like that's yeah. that's the only thing that prevents me from fully enjoying it. It's like he's going to pull some bullshit at the end of this. <laughs> I watched,
1: I've seen the first season and like two episodes of the second season. Yeah, and maybe a little bit more of the second season than that. But like, I watching that first season, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for, like, you're going to mess this up. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, I didn't know it was a full series. I thought it was, like, maybe just a mini-series. Um, I was like, you're going to mess this up. And then I'm like, so I understand what you mean. Like, you're just talking about a longer, more continued
0: version of that. Right, right. So it's still it's still enjoyable. I'm still liking it. I'm, I still hate everybody on that show, which you're supposed to do. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting show. Um, I, ironically, there's another show with a very similar title on apple tv plus severance (laughs) listen to this cast adam scott patricia arquette john tuturo damn all of these actors on the same show this is a show this is a show this is a series christopher walken is in this and there's a lot they're doing
1: a terrible job at promoting this then
0: they absolutely are one because it sounds just like um servant severance And two, because I didn't see it advertised outside of their own environment. So check out this premise. It's about office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work life and their personal lives. So it's like when they go on the elevator to go to work, a a, a switch flips in their mind. And all of a sudden, they're a completely different person. And vice versa, when they're leaving for the day, they go back to normal. So it's like for the for the people who live that that work side of life, it's like a never ending work day, but for you, you know for your normal life, you get to just enjoy living and you get a paycheck, not even realizing you worked at all. It's just such a unique premise and and the intro is really freaky too, so huh yeah i say, so it is
1: it is kind of like horror.
0: Yeah, it's or like a it... thriller type of show. It's it's okay, got a got really creepy vibe to it, but you know, it's just unsettling. You know, um, yeah, it started in February. It's really, really unique. You should check it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll te- I don't know if my subscription's still going. Um, I don't think it is. We can I'll figure it out.
0: Well, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's more of just like I want a Ted Lasso schedule, you know? Yep, I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of us are on a Ted Lasso schedule. Yep. And then, you know, watch the other ones when when Ted Lasso time rolls around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got a little bit of uh, a listener mail here. Do you want to talk about that? This. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Gabby wrote in and told us that this is a wall of weird story. That Elon Musk challenged Vladimir Putin to a single combat fight?
0: So initially, because the source that we got it from was The Hood's Finest. (laughs) And I'm like, hmm, that seems a little suspicious. No, this is
1: Forbes. Yeah,
0: you went to Forbes and got the actual story. I'm like, oh, shit.
1: I'll find the story, (laughs) y'all. Tesla's billionaire CEO, Elon Musk, took to Twitter, of course, on Monday to challenge Vladimir Putin to single combat over the Ukraine, insisting he was absolutely serious about the offer. Wow. While Russia's space program director replied with a quote from uh, Pushkin calling Musk a little devil.
0: This is the same guy who's in charge of the space program that said we're going to leave the Ukrainians in space or whatever the fuck or leave the Americans in space or whatever. Oh when we come yeah. Back? Yeah. Yeah. Great. 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 I hear, great this is what,
1: this is what he said. I hereby challenge Vladimir Putin to single combat and the stakes are the Ukraine. <laughs> I, wow. Um, Musk said, and he used the Russian alphabet to write Putin's name while writing Ukrainian in the country's, own language
0: Mm.
1: um in a follow-up message in russian musk oh god why i got an ad sorry for nfts fuck you
0: (laughs) come on read the room ads come on
1: (laughs) in a follow-up message in russian musk tagged the kremlin's official twitter why does the kremlin have a twitter do you agree to this fight (laughs) director of russian's space programs um uh replied to Musk with a verse from Alexander Pushkin's The Tale of the Priest and his Workman Balda. You uh. little devil uh you little devil are still young. Wild. You are weak to compete with me. It would only be a waste of time. Overtake my brother first. Huh. Which is I mean, I'm not I am no fan of anything related to Russia as I mean, other than, like, the, the innocent Russian people who are like, fuck this shit, they but they can't do anything about it. Um, but that response to Elon Musk is, is kind of great, you I know?
0: Mean, okay, I'll give you that. But what the fuck is happening? This is some weird shit. Elon Musk is fucking Hank Scorpio. 100%. Like, the dude from The Simpsons, the eccentric billionaire who hired uh, Homer and moved his family across the country to this uh this weird like commune type place. Use the flamethrower to defeat James Bond. Uh it turned out he was an evil villain. Elon Musk is that villain. He has yeah. always been this villain. He even used to sell flamethrowers. You can't Does tell this... me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Does this feed into the idea that The Simpsons is always right? Oh
0: yes, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Great. This is they called this shit right yeah. here. They called it <laughs> I don't like it here. Mm I mean, I look. I don't. I don't speak for the Ukrainian people. However, I I'll be damned if I'm putting my life and my freedom in Elon Musk's hands. Because you know, then we'll owe him a favor, and he may come calling one day. I don't want that.
1: I mean, bold of you to assume he would follow through on anything. But.
0: <laughs> That's that is true. That is true. You know. Yeah. I mean. Anything. Wow, so that was the wall of weird. Uh, thank you for
1: sending that in.
0: Thank you. Wait,
1: Sammy, that was rude. Oh <laughs> my God, how did you get this, scare the shit out of me? Oh my God, hold on one second. I'm for sorry. Sure. Get out.
0: <laughs> Ow. I sounds, the door was closed. Sounds Ow. like Sammy is mocking her. Sorry. No. Not go in the bathroom. <laughs>
1: So a funny thing about Sammy, we can we can possibly leave some of that in. Okay. I can tell a funny Sammy story. Sure. Um, Earlier today, I was in a meeting in a Zoom style meeting and Sammy was crying outside of my room here. And then all of a sudden I hear a really weird noise. It was like, And I was like, what was that? I turn off my camera. (laughs) I go out there. I see, like, water on the ground, and he's looking at me, and he's like, uh... Now, first of all, I didn't know it was water at first. Oh. I thought maybe he had, because he's very old. Mm-hmm. He had peed himself or something, and I was like, oh, no. Oh. Buddy, is this the end of the line for you? What's happening? It was not. Um, he decided he was going to try to get up onto my counter in my bathroom via the toilet. He's never gone up there and done that before. And Man. he fell into the toilet. <laughs> oh, no. Poor yeah. Sammy. Fell into the toilet. Uh, Yes and no. I mean, yeah, sure. Poor Sammy. But also, <laughs> you got what you deserve, dude. I didn't even yell at him. I was just laughing as I was, like, getting an old towel, like, beach towel to, like, help wipe his ass off because he fell ass-first <laughs> into the toilet. Uh-oh. He was looking at me like I both he hit, i swear to god his face was a combination of i did not do anything wrong and holy shit
0: what just happened <laughs>
1: it was it was fantastic
0: like why do you sit on this thing what is that about it let was me fa- Whoa! Very,
1: like it was annoying because it splashed like he had spl- i had to clean up the whole bathroom like i had to Ooh. mop up you know kind of thing yeah but like which was obviously annoying but it was really funny at the same time. <laughs> like I was just like I, I can't, I can't with you. So that Sammy cameo also brought us a story, which is he's gone insane today. Sammy, and Cam, brought to you by to, Lugs. <laughs> decided to take a dip. I guess
0: I don't know. Look, if I'm gonna fall in, I'm gonna go ass first. I don't want to go face first. So Sammy oh, did it right.
1: Absolutely. Ah. If he had been face first, I don't. I'd be concerned that he would have, like, drowned or something out of panic. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, Stammy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think I have the easiest Game Pass recommendation for you. I'm, oh. not, gonna take, I'm not even going to take much time, because I just started playing it myself. It's the Legend of Zelda in the classic style, top down, but you're a fox, and you're adorable.
1: I tell me more.
0: That's it. That's all you get. It's fun. (laughs) It's a fun game. It's quirky. It's got a great soundtrack. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to special uh, um, sound effects too often, but it's got some really good sound design. I got to say, I'm really enjoying it. And from what I've seen in the trailer, I saw
1: Aaron talking about this or something.
0: Has Aaron played this? I think so. I know it came up in in one of his couple of discords. So I think he has. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but now, I, I forgot about it until you mentioned it. Like, I haven't played it. I don't really know much about it. Yeah, that sounds adorable.
0: It is. I'm it is. in. I'm, I'm sold. I've always been a big fan of the top-down Zelda games. I know uh, the 3D ones are, are, you know, a lot of people's flavor. But the top-down ones have always held a, a special place in my heart. And and this one, it, it just feels like it's got that Zelda vibe to it. So it, it's already got me hooked. And it's a fox. Come on. You can't See, pet the that'll fox. sell me. Cute you, Cute you things, you know? <laughs> you are the fox. <laughs> you are the fox. Um, What else we got to just kind of wrap it up here a little bit? Dolly Parton, as, you know, we were talking about earlier.
1: This is just, just a Dolly Parton podcast at this
0: point, y'all. That's all. That's all it is. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. Because Dolly Parton says she shouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she hasn't made a rock album yet.
1: that's an interesting take dolly i don't
0: know if i agree with that i respect the hell out of that because one of my biggest complaints about these rock and roll hall of fame ceremonies is that they have people from other genres of music in there i say establish a rap hall of fame country hall of fame you know
1: oh true that
0: sort of thing and induct the members in there raise that credibility for all these other halls of fame, but the rock and roll hall of fame should be about rock and roll, you know, whatever form that may be, you know, whether it be the origins of rock, like we were discussing earlier or modern, maybe not so much modern, but you know, these classic rock bands that we grew up with living color is living color in the rock and roll hall of fame. I'm going to find out. Go ahead and say what you're going to say. Um,
1: now I want to hear Dolly Parton make a rock album. This is how we get a rock album album out of Dolly Parton. (laughs)
0: i think so because she said she's going to work on uh making herself deserving of that nomination oh yeah yes but what i don't understand is the rock and roll hall of fame committee said no we're still gonna nominate you i don't get that
1: they want the publicity of inducting her in the Hall of Fame, right? Like, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. But that is weird that you can't withdraw from it.
0: Right. So what does Dolly do? Does she just ghost them? Or does she show up and get her? No,
1: I think she, she kind of did what she thought was right. And then I guess she would just show up, you know, and just be like, oh, I, I don't know about this, but thank you. I, I mean, I don't know.
0: Right. It's so weird it's to think weird. about. Some of the bands that are in there now, like the Foo Fighters. I mean, God bless them. They're a great rock band. One of my favorites, absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like they're not done, you know? And that used to kind of be the thing. That was the last stop on the rock and roll tour is like, yeah, you've made all these great albums. You've toured for years. You're wrapping up your career. We're going to induct you in the Hall of Fame. But Foo Fighters still got a lot left in the tank.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, they got to make a weird Bee Gees cover album.
0: Yep. You know. I love that. I love them. God, they're so good. Living Color is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet. That's good. Yet.
1: That's the important caveat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is at our time. I mean we're gonna see Weezer in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in our lifetime, aren't we? Uh
1: (laughs) probably. (laughs) Like I'm I'm a Weezer fan and I I, even that makes me go I don't know. Man. Yeah,
0: like I uh, I like Weezer but I don't like him that much. Like if they I also can...
1: don't care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I should I should add that
0: to it. Yeah, it's weird when these conversations come up because you know we give these institutions so much credibility and it's all just like fucking people voting and stuff like that. You know, just a committee. I should say it doesn't represent all rock fans. Mm-hmm. It represents people with fucking uh, uh, agendas and stuff like that, for the most part. Man, I sound like a conspiracy theorist. I'm going to stop right now. But <laughs> if we can nominate Weezer specifically for the Blue Album, fucking let him in right now. Just yeah. fucking let him in.
1: Yeah.
0: Just that one album. Green Day is going to be like, in there. Just the
1: bl- now, Green Day? Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, it's weird
1: that I'm like, I don't know about Weezer, but I'm like, fuck yes, Green Day. <laughs> Green Day's not in there already. I don't think so. They That feels like they should be in there.
0: Okay. Um. Oh, they were inducted in their first year of eligibility in yeah. 2015. How
1: many years do they have to be involved to be eligible?
0: Let's find out. Artists become eligible for induction 25 years after the release of their first record. Criteria include the that's, influence and significance of the artist's contributions to the development and perpetuation of rock and roll.
1: Yeah. Um I mean that's good criteria. Like and that's good. That's a good threshold of like Twenty five years is a long time. I know, like, I know we're kind of like, oh my God, how is this thing twenty years old? Shit like that, but like, it is a long time. You know, you're talking about a quarter of a human life.
0: Yeah. Rocking Assuming roll, we have a maximum
1: hundred year lifespan, you know.
0: My goodness, 2022 nominees include Beck, fucking Beck.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: It does. I, I think it's he just. It, it, it also.
1: Yeah, it just also makes you go, oh, really?
0: Yeah, but then, you know, he's paired up with some older acts, and it doesn't make sense that these people aren't in there yet. Like okay. Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, what? Devo, what? Duran Duran, The Eurythmics, oh Judas Priest, um, Dolly Pardon, Dionne Warwick, <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Richie is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's just being inducted now. Carly Simon. What the fuck? Why?
1: <laughs> it feels like some of them they're choosing because, like, yeah, it makes sense. They should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame already. And then some of them they're choosing for, like, a headline.
0: Yeah. So we've got, in my opinion, the headline grabbers for this uh, this class are, of course, Dolly Parton. She kind of yeah. serves both purposes there. Eminem. Um, yeah. Trap Called Quest, Rage Against the Machine. You know. And Beck.
1: (laughs) Beck, that's debatable now, I think. I think he's definitely lost a lot of relevance.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll always love Beck. I mean, he put out some great music.
1: Oh, that's that's not like saying he's not good. It's just like he doesn't, you know, he used to be like whenever he would release a new record, it would be a really big deal. And now Mm -hmm. I just don't think he has that as much. I don't know if that was a Scientology thing or what, but.
0: You know, it's funny. We talk about it a lot, but a lot of folks don't realize that, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, he's not a Scientologist anymore, correct? No, we you're right. Yeah he, yeah, he
0: uncoupled from... I public. wonder if that hurt his career, though. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, around the time that he stopped being a Scientologist, was that around the time that he kind of lost some relevance? Because they they probably fucked him over. Yeah. Which is what they threaten to do. You know, that's why people don't leave.
0: Fucking... Okay. Yeah. The zombies just got in in 2019. <laughs> what? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> stevie nicks 2019 wow. okay yeah they, there's there's some weird qualifications here for this you know oh we've been a band for 50 years uh, just give it a couple more maybe we'll let you in next year weird <laughs> yeah so yeah rock and roll hall of fame of course eminem calls it the hall of shame um <laughs> let's see yeah that's pretty much all we got time for this week so yeah yeah as we mentioned before, check out the next episode of Be Your Scary Best, where Lex and I guest with Bradley and Ash talking about 2021's Candyman, and you are going to love this episode. It's it's a lovely time every time we get to sit down with our friends over at Be Your Scary Best. Mhm.
1: Yeah, it's so fun. We really enjoyed it. Um, I love listening to their podcast. I listen to it every week. Like i i'm a huge fan of just just listening to it so to be on it is always really fun uh so yeah go uh follow them on instagram stuff we're tagged in all their stuff uh so you could find them there go subscribe to them you guys are listening to this on like saturday maybe sunday if you're late to the game you know Mm -hmm. uh it should be out monday
0: right right Yeah, yeah So it's there's that. Idiot. Of course, follow us all over the place as well at Lex and Matt across the board. We, we yeah. do, we do fun stuff. If you really love us and you really want to see us continue down this podcast journey together, make it a point to stop by patreoncom slash Lex and Matt, throw us a couple bucks, you know, varying degrees of, of results you'll get there, whether it be access to our discord server or maybe some cool stickers and a little thank you note from Lex in the mail. I was mm-hmm. going to write the thank you notes, but my handwriting is shit. So trust yeah. me. You yeah, want we, Lex writing those.
1: We decided on that one. Yeah. Um, a little <laughs> bit early, you know.
0: <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. We really do love doing this show for you. We we, we appreciate you guys giving us an excuse to have a conversation every week. Um, yeah. Hope you're enjoying yourselves, hoping you're staying healthy and warm or, you know, cool, whatever the case may <laughs> be. I was going to say, it depends on where you're at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Matt Peters.
1: And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other.
0: Yeah. Bye.